Empty Mike Company, DW Kosha, episode 45. <laughs> <laughs> Staring directly into the science of brands, Derek, I think we have to talk about the controversy surrounding this episode right up top before we get into Shelly Short of the interview. You're talking about the controversy of you not doing your own research. Correct. Less of a controversy is more of a mistake, mistake on my part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, mistakes happen because of misresearch. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. But do you want to tell people what you did wrong? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. So <laughs> I've known our guest uh, today uh, on the show for, gosh, probably six, seven years. She was actually one of my MBA professors. Uh, and when she was my MBA professor, I knew her as Dr. Sarah Roche. Uh, after I got out of the program or or sometime around there, she married and, um, became Dr. Sarah middle as you confirmed. Yes. However, (laughs) I've been calling her Dr. Sarah Mattal because I want to super Scott Irish Southern up any a (laughs) in a word (laughs) for like years. So Derek, thank you for doing the dirty work, Sarah, Dr. Middle. See, it's a little tough. Well, you've been saying it wrong for three or four yeah, years. Yeah, thank so you, you for it. being so kind and patient yeah. with. Don't us. worry, she had grace on you whenever I told her that you were the dummy in the situation. Did you? I hope you did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most yeah. definitely did. Yes. Okay. She was okay with it though. So, but let's talk a little bit about this show because I think we've got a, a major brain on the show mm-hmm. here, and Derek, you are the one that spends the most time editing these episodes, so you have heard the crap out of this episode. Yeah. Yep. What are we talking about when we talk about staring into the science of brands? <laughs> well, we're not going to get too scientific, but rather a little uh, psycho- psychological. Yeah, yeah, a little psychological. Psychological. And, yeah. you know, talking about like when when recruiting students, where does it start? Where does that process start? And where do we find our affiliations with the brands that we love? Or like, why do we have the attraction to certain brands that we do? Um, and, and Sarah has like, she prepared all of this stuff that really I blew our minds away of like, this is, this is interesting. How deep these connections go. We're talking about mother and child. Yeah. We're talking about school. Derek, where did where did Dan and Holly go to college? Because you talk about them going to college in this interview oh, yeah. farther away than where you went, but True. they wanted you to go there because yeah. they felt you would be safer there. Right, yeah. Yeah. And they had, it was Northwestern Oklahoma State University is the college sure. since you asked. But really is like, I mentioned this thing where it's like, they were really comfortable with me going to a school that they went to, which was at least a full hour longer to get to than the school that I actually went to. Just interesting. You'd think that the mom would want them to be closer to home. So just, you know, things like that and even more, just really interesting in this episode. So great episode. Uh, Shelly Short on the show this week. Oh yeah. We're talking, going into that design testing and that research for the design aspect that's really so important if you really want to drive your design uh, and recruiting as well. Got a little on-brand, off-brand as well. No doubt about that. And what's going on in on-brand, off-brand this week? We're talking about, are we talking about the billboards? We're talking <laughs> yes. about billboards. I think we're even taking design a step Jacksonville further. Jacksonville billboards. That's very right. interesting topic. Was, I would stick around for it after the interview because that is a, fascinating information that I think most people here in the local area don't know about. Absolutely. And one last thing that I'll add before we jump into Shelly Short with this uh, interview is that we conduct these interviews on a schedule ahead of time. And when we did it, uh, Dr. Middle was a professor at St. Edwards University. 
And she has since moved into the corporate space, actually. She's become a part of the great resignation <laughs> in higher ed and moved over to Ipsos, I believe, right? So you yeah. may hear her refer to uh, her time as a professor, but we know that she's doing great stuff out there with Ipsos now. No doubt. Cool. Let's hit. Let's, you want to do some Shelly Short? What do you Let, think? Hit the Shelly Short. Let's see what Shelly's got. Let's to hit say. that Shelly Short. Shelly, one of my favorite things that we do when we work together is research and test yeah. because it is like our magic trick that a lot of folks don't do, but that uh, keeps us like just in the mix. I know. And I think I've thought about this before. I think both of us being like book nerds um, <laughs> has a lot to do with that. Like we both read, we both like, you know, we want all the information laid out on the table before, you know, we dig the shovel in. So two INTJs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same personality profile. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we've always done a really good job of, you know, researching everything up front and like really setting the foundation for whatever project we're working on. Because, um, you know, trials in the past, when you don't do that, you end up, you know, having a wrong product at the end. Um, you spent all this time designing something only to find out that it doesn't work the way that it should. Um, and you're pretty much left crying at your desk. So um, that yeah. takes me. That takes me back to that, you know, when we talk and show the Texas Wesleyan work and get to talk about like that era that you guys were in as far as some of the research and testing. It always brings me back to that that clock photo um, where it says there's still time. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of obvious that wasn't tested or else we would notice, people would notice that like, oh, it's actually one past midnight, right? It's like time's up, you know? Um, and then for you guys to go out and, and, and do some of this research and, and get do focus groups and understand and test things that uh, were successful, like they won awards <laughs> on the other end of it, you know, so. It's, yeah, and that's it's all thanks cool. to building the foundation up front and doing all the work up front. And that makes the design process a lot easier too. You just say yeah, like that. And you get to meet students too. I think that's kind of something that is underrated about that whole experience is like you get jazzed <laughs> by meeting young people and yeah. what they're doing gets you excited. So Derek, whenever I need to go back to the, uh, the wheels of research and uh, figure out what's going on and center the world of DWCO, I of course talked to Dr. Sarah Mittal. How are you? Doing well, thanks. How about y'all? Doing very well. So I've known, uh, we, well, I should say we've known each other for a long time uh, to the point that you were actually literally one of my MBA professors in mm -hmm. school. So this is always doubly uh, stressful for me because I'm thinking, what grade am I going to get on this later? <laughs> How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Happy to be here. It's also the first week of back to school for me. So busy time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit uh, for those of you or for those of us who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and what your expertise is. Sure. So in my day-to-day -day job. I'm marketing professor at St. Edwards, which is sort of the heart of, in the heart of Austin, Texas. And otherwise, I consider myself a consumer behavior researcher and enthusiast, aka what makes consumers tick the psychology of consumption. Those are the types of things that I really get excited about um, in my research. Yeah. And, and I think this is important to add. You're also um, 
the rare person that is from the central Texas region that lives in Austin now. This is true. <laughs> Although not, not born and bred Austin, but in the area for sure. So, so talk to us. I think the reason we wanted to talk to you, Sarah, is because the issues around brand and, and the, the broad idea of consumption, right? Experiences, identity, all these things that tie into it are really coming into the higher ed conversation because people are asking what do these brands deliver? What's important about them? And like, are they doing what they say, right? So it's, you know, coming from this experience of COVID-19, of higher ed really being in the national conversation every day, very differing opinions based on your political party about higher ed. These brand conversations are incredibly important. So I guess the first question we want to ask is just like, how do people relate? This is 101, but like, how do people relate to brands? Uh, some people, when we talk about brands, they don't even totally know what we're talking about, you know? So what is that relationship that people have with these brands? Yeah, I think um, at the heart of it, we are what we buy. Um, you know, it's how we express who we are um, internally, but also to others. Brands become a symbol or signal to others. And whether we uh, like to admit it or not, we have relationships with brands, just like right. we have relationships with people. There's a really cool uh, sort of live study that was done at South by Southwest here in Austin, uh, not too long ago, a couple of years back, where they connected people to galvanic skin measurement, which uh, measures the electrical pulses in your skin to measure emotions. And they asked people about the people they love, right? And they measured the response, right? So like, how do you feel about your professor probably didn't show much uptake in response, <laughs> but how do you feel about your yeah. significant other? Uh, but then they went on to ask individuals to talk about their most prized possessions. And in one kind of funny instance, they actually asked an individual about his girlfriend. And then they also measured his response talking about his watch from his grandpa. And guess which one had the more emotional response? Actually, the watch from his grandpa. Wow. But I think wow. it's a really powerful example of how brands are thought of as people, right? And we're more likely to form relationships with people that have the same values as us, that are communicating the same stories, right? Who are living sort of parallel um, to us. And brands can, in that way, frame their story um, to their target audience. Yeah. So then how does that play into this idea of, these, of college, right? I mean, to me, us working in brand, we see college is a, as big of a purchase as you're going to make, you know? Yeah, it's long-term. It's high risk because yeah. it's, it's an intangible, right? So like, how do you know what you're going to get before you get there? Um, and it's something that is like defining and part of your aspirational self, we say, right? Like, this is where I want to be in life. Right. This is what I need to do. Um, brand connection is is rational and emotional. So I think colleges need to remember that, that as much as we need to sell the rational side, which is, you know, the value you get and your opportunities and your career um, projection. But nonetheless, it's also a very emotional decision. Right. How am I going to fit in? Am I going to find a community? Am I going to like my peers? Are the faculty nice? Um, so how do you communicate those emotional pieces as well? Because um, it's probably more emotional than you know, we would like to admit of a decision. Right. And I know, I think the thing that's very interesting because of everything from legacy relationships, right? You know, a parent going to a school to, of course, you can't forget football and athletics, all these different uh, things. Um, so often we think 
college brands, we think 18 year old high school senior. That couldn't be farther from the truth. And so I guess I'm curious, like, when do we start forming these connections? Um, how do we, um, how, <laughs> you know, what, I think we often miss the boat there. Like we just sort of jump in front of students and talk about these things in a very transactional way as if they don't know our brand before, you know, we kind of have an assumption that they're coming into it just taking the official information and official word from us, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, students are more tech savvy than ever. I can find that info on your website right. um, and brochures and things like that. But, you know, the part that they can't assess is what is that experience going to feel like, right? And so how can you start communicating that feeling even sooner? Um, and I think especially when you talk about regional universities where a lot of your student base is going to be from the area, there are lots of opportunities to start sooner. So, you know, having programs that interact with, I actually just met the high school intern at the <laughs> front desk this morning here. So how can you bring in high school students even earlier on, right? Or having STEM programs that interact with um, elementary, middle school students. Those are all really powerful experiences that they get to have, you know, yeah. very one-on-one -on -one personal that start to build that relationship at an even earlier age. I think the other piece is, a lot of the decision of where to go at least start when you start to think about who's in their um, consideration set, right? Sure. Starts from the relationships, right? So their parents, their cousins, their friends in high school, where are they applying? Where have they been? What have their experiences been? So I think how can you amplify those experiences, but also how can you sell the experience, especially to the parents who have a big role for most students in sort of where they end up going. That's something that we see uh, play out both in research and in execution all the time. And the thing that I, I think I've seen probably more often in that research bears out is specifically even in that parent group, mothers drive that decision-making process, which to me, and maybe I'm getting a little galaxy brain here, but just like the connection between like mother and child, the way that brands are formed. I'm like, this is like, way down deep in the brain, you know, and traveling around way beyond what I even understand. Like, it's like deep, that's in the deep connection zone to me, if that makes sense. So. I think, you know, universities are catching on to this. I've noticed here that they are including like parent tracks in the orientation, right? right. Um, so giving them opportunities to engage, ask their questions, which may be a little bit different than, than their, their children's questions about what the experience is going to be, what opportunities, um, how is it going to prepare them for the real world, things like that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, a ways thinking about selling to mom is really important. They find that the relationship, when it's stronger with mother, um, then has a stronger impact on actually which university you attend wow, and what yeah. type of major you choose. And wow. if you're an only child, that's even more so. I guess it's because it's sort of their one shot, right? If you're the only child. Okay, so I'm an only child. So tell me more about, I need to know this. I got to talk to my therapist about this on Friday. What, what is, so, so you're saying an only child is like more, even more so in that connection. Wow. That explains it. My mom actually paid, tried to pay me money not to go to college. That's a true story. <laughs> she was like, she didn't want me to leave. And she was like, she's like, listen, you can go to college or I could just pay you that college money. And I was like, man, that's, I hadn't thought about that. Like, no, but I, I even, even picking my university. Well, one, both my parents are 
educators in high school and elementary school. And so like there was a big um, push to maybe me be a teacher too. And I like, that was kind of my first idea along with like kind of a coaching role too. But not only that, but they, they definitely threw hints at me to like go to the college that both my parents went to. And like, oh, it's interesting that that was probably, I mean, they had a good experience and obviously they met there and things like that to, to relate to thinking that I would have a good experience too. But uh, it's interesting now to think about what you're saying there that now I can reflect on how I felt in high school about what they would say to sway me to do that. Or <laughs> obviously they wanted me to have the open experience, but you know, that I, now that I think about it, I have, there was a heavy pull to go to their college that they were at. See, yeah, I we... think it's a way for parents to reduce uncertainty on their end too, right? Because yeah. they've been there, done that, and they know what they're getting you into, so to say. Yeah. Which is funny because the university that I went to is actually closer than the one that they went to. You'd, you'd think, you know, I like, my Interesting. Kid, I like my kid close to home, but they were more comfortable with me going to the university that they went to. So we have this. So, so let's kind of bring this home a little. And, and what I say is, I think the struggle that a lot of people have with higher ed brands is we have this big, big idea. And especially, like you said, with a regional school that idea goes way beyond just the immediate education. There's research, there's connections to the community, this big brand idea. And then we have to somehow take that and do some tiny part of what our job is over here in the institution, help recruit students, help to, you know, help to uh, uh, lead a campus tour, help to, uh, you know, uh, connect them with a, a professor, et cetera. So I guess what I'm curious is like, how do we take such a big idea and be mindful of that? But then like, what are some things we can do to bring them down and make it a little more actionable um, that feels like people would, you know, kind of understand? Sure. Yeah, I did some thinking and brainstorming myself um, for different pieces of this. One that I think is really important when you're talking about selling to a generation that is always connected is making your tour sort of, or your experiences Instagrammable as they say, although maybe now the term should be TikTokable, I don't know. Um, but, you know, giving them an opportunity that is brand, a part of brand identity. So for here, for example, we have the red doors is the big thing at St. Edwards, whatever sure. it is for your university. But how can you give them an opportunity to turn that into something they're then sharing right? Because by them sharing it on their personal page, it inevitably is becoming a little bit about uh, them, right? And a little bit more closer to their self-concept, a little bit more connection there. Um, Another really popular term right now in marketing is co-creation. So how can you sort of give students maybe not if they're not enrolled yet, but still prospective students, sure. right? A, a say sort of in the creation of the experience, like show that you're flexible and how the experience it will be specific to them. The idea, if you've ever heard of the Ikea effect, is that because you build the Ikea furniture, you love it more. And they find that literally people are willing to pay more for the cheap Ikea furniture than when they build it themselves than when it wasn't built, like someone already right. put it together because you put a part of yourself into it. So how do you bring on prospective students and help them feel like they are co-creating the experience, right? So that it is a part of them they are putting into it, therefore strengthening that brand relationship. Yeah, you know, I, I think about when Derek and I first started working together and Derek was coming out of a college experience, being younger and talking about how we related to social media and to what gets a lot of times uh, kind of termed in marketing, like storytelling, 
one of the immediate things that I noticed is that it's not really just like storytelling, it's immersion, right? Like the people, the students now actually want to be a part of that. And it's not just for a selfish reason, they want to test it out. They want to, they want to know that it works. So they're very aware and to me, perceptive about brands, even in a way, probably, you know, a few generations, previous generations even weren't. There's a, a certain sort of, um, um, I don't want to say skepticism towards brands, but maybe a more sophistication. Oh, yeah. No, actually, I think probably skepticism is a safe word, right? That if I tell you 50% of our undergrads get an internship, um, I mean, that's a good thing. But actually showing you how Darren White got this internship and you know that you have parallels to him, right? And seeing his story and the experience he had and the value that he got from that is a more powerful thing, or at least paired together makes it a more powerful story, like you said. Doctor. Thank you, as always. <laughs> we appreciate your feedback. Uh, thank you for coming on DW Co. Show. Ready to work with D. White & Co.? Email Derek at dwhiteandco.com to schedule a meeting. Darren, I've got a really, really interesting on-brand, off-brand topic for you today. Okay. It relates to our conversation of... Uh, Staring into the science of brands, research, designs, very integrated with that. Psychology. And it's all about <laughs> something that you're very good at and very, very well known for. And that's throwing billboards up. That's bangers. That's a good point. Lots of years of Texas Wesleyan billboards out there. But I think any <laughs> any good on-brand, off-brand has to have a little bit of Duval in it. I mean, that's what it's really themed around, you know? So and but in that note you'd notice that there's not a lot of billboards here in Jacksonville currently. Yeah. When Jessica and I were first coming here and visiting, you noticed that there was a lot of tree cover and we were used to looking at billboards every 30 feet. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Literally big blue sky forward. in the background, yep. just one or after another, typically radio stations. <laughs> yes. There's this one I always remember in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth that just had a bunch like pictures of pink and Britney Spears and it just said, OMG, I L-U-V it. And it was just waste like of space. a total waste of space. <laughs> waste of space. <laughs> yeah. And you've thrown some good messages up on there, but sure. I mean, we, people who see a lot of billboards are seeing a lot of messages Correct. per day. We uh, see messages all over the place in our cars. We see, it used to be three to 5,000 messages. It has to be more now. Has to. Yeah. yeah. But here it's different. You know, there's not as mm -hmm. many billboards up. And what we've learned recently, and I think a lot of our listeners may not no, this is a, is a cool topic, but they had an anti-billboard movement back uh, 30 plus years ago, like that, 19, yeah. late 1980s, 87, 88, right. uh, somewhere in there where they, you know, the people in Jacksonville voted against uh, having a ton of billboards here. Yeah, you were telling me there were something like, what, 1,500 billboards yeah. here at the time, and then that number came down to 500, right. and there's been, um, you know, this topic comes back up, it came back up about 10 years ago with digital billboards. But in general, uh, people are in favor of not having billboards around here. Uh, you know, that, that's not something we want to see. Right. And we're trying to, f we're framing a question around sure. this and it's, you know, why, why do people in Jacksonville think about that? What, what kind of on-brand offering question are we? Well, why does that there? matter to them? I think yeah. is sort of what you're asking. Why is that important? Right. Because you could, I mean, you've got, like I said, you've got billboards every 30 feet in Dallas, Fort Worth. You've got them in Oklahoma City and lots of other places. Even if you go to um, other parts of Florida, you might see that.
But here there was a feeling that we didn't want to be assaulted with <laughs> that advertising all right. the time. You know, I, what a comes to mind feeling. for me is just fair and fair ingrained in the memory, <laughs> you know, but I yeah. mean, on that note, you're saying, you know, I think, and scenic Jacksonville was one of the ones who was initiated this movement, Sure, a big right? part of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you think of scenic Jacksonville, you're talking about like the quality of life, showing off the landscape, the right. features of a beautiful and tropical area that they want the people who live here to enjoy and notice. No one wants a dumb billboard in their Florida vacation photo. That's the truth. As much as there is an audience of people to sell to here, and I understand that, mm -hmm. the reality is even those people are here for the lifestyle. And once you start to block that, it's irritating to people, yeah. right? It makes them feel like we didn't, our promise was great weather, beautiful yeah. scenic views, and we don't deliver on that. Totally. Right? And I think another interesting part of it that may be the off-brand part for Jacksonville is... <laughs> The fact that these people work together to kind of accomplish this and make this happen for right. a better lifestyle here. Yeah, I think it's people were able to recognize that billboards cluttering up the scenery was not going to help anything. Mm -hmm. They're actually able, I'm sure, you know, that's a long time ago, but there's people that certainly remember those fights. I'm sure they were hard fought in some ways. But at the end of the day, people came together and that's something that's actually part of our brand now. Yeah. That makes us better right makes us unique we did it we did it on our own we even used government to do it <laughs> so it's doable totally it's doable whatever we want to do i think yeah and i, I mean just one somebody who's been here for three years and having been a, a victim of being assaulted by a bunch of messages <laughs> via billboard yeah. back home you know here it's nice to i do i notice on a drive, the the beauty, there's a beautiful sunset almost every time that I, or a sunrise every time that I come over here and a sunset every time I'm going back home. Um, you know, I think that's cool and I can focus on that rather than <laughs> dumb message of what I should buy or what I should tune into, you know. So. Cheap Jack's scenic. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Love that. <laughs> Derek, on the way out the door on episode 45, you've done a great job of producing a little look into research and psychology of brands. Uh, I like to leave you with uh, the plugs, as we say, and also with some words of advice. Well, I'd say the words of us. advice is for our city. You know, you just said it. Keep Jack scenic. I think that's yeah. a, a, we are. I think we're trying to live here. Not, I don't know about the rest of our lives, but a long time is a great place to live. Yeah. You know, as long definitely as long as I can. Definitely worthy of, of a lifelong <laughs> live. But uh, right. <laughs> but you can catch us and you can watch this show at dwhiteandco.com. Go right. check out the blog. Uh, and if you guys have a topic that you want to share with us or an interview guest that you think would be good for our show, good fit, you can email that over to me, Derek, at dwhiteandco.com. And even if you want to work with us, we're a fun team to work with, plenty of opportunities to do that too. So you can reach us there and we'll catch you on the next show when we're talking to our good friend Chuck Greason, super, super subscriber. subscriber. <laughs> talking about video. That's right. Something he knows very well. We'll see you guys on episode 46.